All right, you know the phrase, sounds too good to be true. I'm excited to tell you about an instant where that doesn't apply, and it is sweat block. As the name implies, it blocks sweat. Wow, you're doing sweat a great block. job Thank describing you. this Thank product. you very much. Yeah, good uh, job. I've used a deodorant. It's amazing. It's really great. But what got me really was the wipes. And this is for somebody that uh, they described it as, you know, somebody who has really a bad sweating problem. I don't think I have a horrible sweating problem. I just don't like the heat at all. And I do sweat when I'm out in 100 degree temperatures. I use the wipe and I have to tell you, it is the most amazing product I have ever tried. You go before you go to bed at night, you just wipe, wipe under each arm and then you're good for six days. They're not too good to be true. It's amazing. Try sweatblock.com. That's the uh, website where you can get a starter pack and you can just try this out. Try sweatblock.com. You'll get the starter pack for free. Pay 99 cents in shipping and that's it. Try sweatblock.com for your free starter pack. I think you're going to thank me. Let me say, you're welcome. All right. We have somebody who has taken a very brave stand and uh, we must commend her and uh, and spread her story because she's paying a price for it. Welcome to Friday. I have a very positive story. People are standing up for what they believe in all over the country. And they are starting to say, enough of the bullying. Enough of the bullying. You can believe what you want to believe, but I'm not going to pay uh, a price in my soul for stating declarations that I find to be absolutely untrue. There's a, an attorney who was really working just to help families um, in uh, Philadelphia, and she was asked to agree to white people are racist and sign a contract on that. And she's like, well, no, I don't agree with that. This is not, this is a, a liberal. This is somebody who I'm sure does, you know, not vote the way I do. But she said, I don't agree with that. Well, I want her to tell you her story. It's amazing. And we owe her uh, some gratitude for being one of the first to stand up against a firestorm and hopefully encourage others to do the same in 60 seconds. Have you ever had such a spectacular and good service that it was just like, holy cow. You just love it and you become an evangelical for it? That's the experience you're going to have, I think, with real estate agents I trust. Um, this is the kind of service that you get when you use um, my uh, company. 
Uh, it is a service that I started, uh, I don't know, five or six years ago. And it is only the only thing it does is help you find the person, the real estate agent in your area that has the best track record, has the um, has the, uh, the the right business approaches, knows how to get your home sold fast, for instance, because they spend a lot of money advertising their own website to get that website, to get your house on that website seen. So they already have the traffic coming in for homes like yours. That simple things like that that you may never even think of when you're asking, hey, will you sell my house for me? Because I never knew. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Tell us where you're selling and where you're buying. We'll do our best to find the best agent in your area that will help you get the most amount of money, the easiest trans, uh, transition, and sell your home fast. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. We welcome to the program now Nicole Levitt. She is an attorney uh, who found herself in a pretty difficult situation she's written a piece in newsweek magazine i was asked to agree to white people are racist and uh sign a contract about that at work um nicole welcome to the program hi thank you thank you for having me you bet um i uh i I imagine that you and i don't vote the same way um and that's totally cool with me um but Uh, Your story, I think, is so important because even people that really radically disagree on politics should not be disagreeing on principles and the Bill of Rights as one of them. Um, You were working as an attorney in a private practice. Um, You also have a degree in psychology. Uh, You worked as a therapist. You were doing pro bono work. And what were you working on in your job? Okay, so... I work for a domestic violence agency. Okay. Um, so I'm, I wasn't doing pro, exactly pro bono work. I'm getting paid, but okay. our clients okay. are not paying us. All right. Um, okay. And so, and so I, okay. Go sorry. ahead. No, 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 please go ahead. Uh, yeah. I represent victims of domestic violence and I represent them um, mainly in custody court because they still have custody battles with their abusers and, oh. um, the children, yeah, the children need to be protected, and and so do the the women. Okay. Or D- domestic violence is uh, is horrific, and those people who have um, lived through it uh, know it, uh, and those who deal with it every day, uh, I think, are are heroes, especially when they are protecting people. So that your job was to go in, represent them, help them. These are people generally in poverty, I would imagine, yeah. in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. We have um, like an income ceiling. We can't represent them if they make over a certain amount of money. So almost all of our clients are um, low income or um, or working class. Okay. Are you a governmental agency? No, we're a private agency. However, we do get government funding. Okay. So when George Floyd was murdered, um, everybody this is the one time i think america united was on that day i think everybody who saw that was outraged by that except maybe a handful of uh, crazies um but they were outraged by it and then it became political and in a mess so that happened i imagine your workplace was like my workplace that day 
but your place evolved into holding diversity, equity, and inclusion sessions, right? Yes. Um, and at first, everyone did unite around um, what happened to George Floyd. Right. It was horrible. And I don't think any thinking, feeling person could see that and not Agree. be moved against it. Agree. Um, the problem came when when that empathy was hijacked for what I say was an ideological cause. And it got to the point where if you didn't agree with that ideology, if you dissented one step away from it, then, you know, you were outcast. And you 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 actually had affinity groups. And so you had a white group and a black group. Yes, um, they divided us up um, according to skin color, which was something that I found so regressive and so offensive that, yeah, I eventually said I'm I can't participate in those groups anymore. Um, and you have a but, you have a special uh, kind of uh, something extra that makes you really uh, worried about societies that do that. You're also Jewish. Yes. Right. And that played a role? And the, it did, because um, the language that I heard used against white people mirrored what, I, what was said against Jews uh, in the 1930s. And I wholeheartedly reject that kind of dehumanizing language against any race or any group. Um, and if, if anyone with a sense of history will tell you that things don't go well when that happens... <laughs> That's a, that's a very nice way of saying it. Yes. <laughs> Things become suboptimal. Yes. 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 Um, so you had, they introduced something. So you objected to going to the whites only group. And then yes. uh, uh, what happened after that? So as an agency, we were bombarded with um, messages of anti-racism. We were asked to attend a lot of different trainings and read a lot of different materials um, on like the Kendian sense of anti-racism. Oh and that included like white people decolonize your bookshelves. You read this, this and this. Um, and, and it was a lot. We we were really bombarded with a lot of those messages. Did you guys get any work done? <laughs> we did. However, I was concerned about how much time we were spending on this and also um, big conversations like defund the police. My my thinking was we need the police right now. They're not a perfect solution to any domestic violence issue, but we need them. So, yeah. The answer would be in, in better training about domestic violence situations, not about we have to defund the police because they are um, killing black and brown people every day. Like that is the hysteria that I'd say took over the agency and it seemed to take over you know, a lot of the country as well at that time. So tell me about the full value contract that was introduced to you. Um, so... It was a contract that was supposed to govern our meetings at the legal center. And it was all fine. Most of it was like, you know, 
listen respectfully to other people, mm-hmm. accept other viewpoints, things like that. <laughs> but number five was own that all white people are racist and I am not the exception. Um, and I immediately objected to that and was told, oh, you know, maybe you can just like agree with it as it's read. I say, if that is read while I'm at a meeting, I'm not going <laughs> to pretend to agree with it. Oh, it's, good for you. it's just not possible. How many people do you um, think sign that and just like, I don't agree with it, but whatever, just sign it. I know a few people did because they told me, <sighs> um, but uh, I think most of them were true believers. And I think honestly, they thought they were doing the right thing. It astounds me that people can think that was the right thing, but here we are. Uh, okay. So you said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sign that. Um, and then the, the company asks you to attend a meeting with the DEI consultant and this is, they're going to support you, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Did they? No. No. Um, what a it, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> They basically were kind of testing my beliefs and um, what does that challenging mean? them. What does that mean? Like, do you believe the country is systemically racist? Do you believe our criminal justice system is racist? And I kept asking, what is the purpose of this meeting? And the answer I got back was to see if you are safe to be around your black and brown colleagues and clients. Oh, my gosh. Because, yes. Yes. And I kept saying, so are you telling me I need to think this way um, about matters of race in order to represent my clients effectively? And they would kind of back off a little bit from that, but then come right back to it. So had you ever had any racial warnings or any trouble at all with anybody in in the history of your work on about race? No, okay. I have not. <laughs> All right. So, um, okay. You're, you're, you're being questioned now. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. I, I don't know if that's going to continue. One of the proposals I saw was um, that, that other colleagues wanted to treat microaggressions the same as harassment, oh you know, and make that a policy. So how do you work there? Honestly, how do you work there? <laughs> I mean, I, I, well, just, I mean, I just I, I don't understand. We have gone from a uh, country where, you know, when you're in business, you work, you work towards a goal, you try to do good. You know, you try to be decent. If somebody's out of line, hopefully they get fired, you know, in extreme cases, take them to court if they're not fired to now. Somebody comes to me with a microaggression. I think I tr- I, th- I throw the toaster at them. I mean, I, 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 I just. <laughs> Enough is enough. Can we please just concentrate on things that are really important? And let's, you know, I, I met with the people at uh, Glad. I told this story earlier this week. Met with people at Glad a few years ago. They would not uh, join me in this. And I said, look, my audience will hate me for joining with you. But we have one thing in common. We think throwing homosexuals off of the rooftops in Iran is really bad. And we can do lots of examples all around. We're, we're in Russia. Uh, homosexuals are killed, tortured and killed in some cities. Let, let's just start there. Can we start there? No. So what are we doing if we won't actually face and do things today 
that actually make a difference. We could talk about slavery 150 years ago, or we can all get together and realize that I think it's 70 or 60 countries in the world still have no anti-slavery laws. And there's slave. There are more slaves today than in the entire slave trade combined. Let's stop what's happening now. It's a very distorted worldview. Mine? With you on that. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> the anti-racism uh, worldview. Yeah. This ideology that that is being shoved down our throats, basically. Because it's not, because I don't think it's actually about, you, you know, you wrote in your Newsweek article, this is really about dividing us. This is, this is about control, power, politics, money. I don't know, but it's not actually about bringing people together and seeing beyond race. Yes, and there are some um, wonderful, wonderful programs um, about racism. If, if a company wants to bring in some training about that, Sheena Mason's theory of racelessness. Don't know anything um, about Eric it. Smith, oh, it, it's it's very good. Eric Smith and um, Jason Littlefield also have one. And it's about bringing people together, seeing the humanity in everyone. Well, it, I mean, if it teaches them. anything like Martin Luther King, I'm 100 percent in, um, you know, yes. he, he was right. He's he was right. I know that's controversial to say now, but he had the right idea. OK, so let me take a break because you have filed um, a complaint against your uh uh, employer, and uh, I want to talk to you about that and what the consequences have been, and if you, if you uh, at all um, regret your decision to speak out. Back in just a second, I want you to hear from Olivia. She had a visit to a preborn clinic, and it made all the difference in the world to this mom. Listen. So I felt like the only ones that were really there for me were the women at the clinic and it actually did empower me and help me. I was late enough to get my ultrasound. Still remember, you know, feeling everything. Um, it was changing. I said I would not get an abortion. So I was gonna raise this baby with or without him. So he said without. I think if I didn't find the clinic, and I probably would have considered abortion. The women there are just so kind and they're just so genuine. I would not be this strong without the clinic. My dreams now revolve around my son. Uh, I've met some of these women who have chosen uh, life, and all that preborn does is just say, hey, take a look at the ultrasound. When they take a look at the ultrasound, 80% choose life because they've been told this nonsense that it's not a baby, and they can see that's a baby. That's all they do. Please, can you support preborn? All you have to do is just dial pound 250 say the keyword baby it's pound 250 keyword baby preborn.com slash back they need your support now more than ever preborn.com slash back 10 seconds station id nicole levitt from uh philadelphia she's uh an attorney she was working um, uh, helping, you know, underprivileged families, family law and, and abuse. Uh, and she was asked to sign a white people's uh, white people are racist contract. She said, no, she has filed uh, against her uh, employer. What did you file and how's that going? 
So I filed a complaint with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Um, and all I want is for the civil, the existing civil rights laws to be followed and for the organization to say that they're going to follow them and basically knock this other stuff off, not do it again. Um, I don't want you know, any monetary damages except right. for paying for my legal bills. And um, right now it's kind of stalled. The next step would be to request a right to sue letter and sue in, in state court. I hope it doesn't get to that. I don't want to take money or time away from this organization, but I think that this um, is an issue that is so important. Why? That Why? Because... This kind of division is not going to serve us as an organization, and it's not going to serve us as a country. And someone had to be willing to stand up and say no. And right now, that's me. And it's it's not like the position I wanted to find myself in, believe me, but it's the position I'm in, and I'm committed to it. That's usually how you know you're on the right side or you're standing with God. It's like, oh, no, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to do that. And that's when you know usually you're right is when you're like, okay, and nobody, you know, Martin Luther King was not the first guy uh, that people approached to stand up. I think he was the eighth or the 10th pastor that was approached. He was just the first guy that went, okay, and did it. Um, and if you're hearing that I got to stand up, I got to say something, don't be the other, not uh, the other eight pastors that, you know, were asked before Martin Luther King, be Martin Luther King. It's, uh, all you have to do is stand for things, you know, are true. Do you regret it, Nicole? I do not regret it. I would do it again. And um, have you paid a heavy price yet? Um, it's, let's say it's been, um, a very anxiety filled time. Yeah. And I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I have, we have been professional in my organization. We are still like able to work professionally together. And for that, I'm very grateful. Um, I would like this to end happily, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the future. Nicole, um, it, please uh, keep us up to date. Uh, I'm I'm in your corner. I don't know you. I know that we don't have the same political background, but anyone who is standing for the Bill of Rights and just common decency, we are in your corner. Let us know how to help. God bless you. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. You bet. Back in a minute with more. <laughs> you don't want to miss the more. The Glenn Beck Program. Do you remember how good the feeling was the first time you really started to eat healthy after a lifetime of eating delicious but fattening garbage for most of your life? Yeah, I don't remember that either. But you know who does? Well, he probably doesn't have that kind of memory, but Uno would if he was a person. Um, he, he, you know, basically wasn't eating, but he was eating kibble food and that has no nutritional value in it. It is really crazy. They cook all of that stuff out. So it's shelf stable. I love that governmental word. Um, 
he's a lot healthier, so much happier, so much more active since he started on Rough Greens. It's not a dog food. It's a supplement developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black that you put on your dog's food. Chock full of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, you name it, it's all in Rough Greens. They want to give you a free little sample bag that you can just make sure your dog likes and will eat it. You can get it for free now. You just pay for shipping. Go to roughgreens.com slash back. That's R-U-F-F greens.com slash back. Or call 833-GLEN-33. 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Call Rough Greens today. And sign up to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Hey, real quick, I just want to follow up on the uh, last uh, interview we were talking about, you know, race and anti-racism. You got to follow the science. Okay, let's just follow the science. Do you know that it was science, science that got all of this stuff, the Klan, uh, anti-racism, it is science that codified all of this, that gave humans the excuse. First, they used the Bible. Well, the Bible says you can have slaves. Well, the Bible says you can't have slaves. Man stealing. Oh, they had slaves. Didn't have slaves. Okay, so what are you going to believe? So the argument has been going on religiously. Well, once we got past religion in the 1800s, we, of course, turned to science. So what does science have to say about slavery? This is a uh, first edition copy of The Origin of the Species by um, Darwin. Most people don't know the full name of origin of the species because no one ever says it. Because if you said it, you would know we should not be referring to Darwin for our great science. The origin of the species by means of natural selection or the preservation of favored races in the struggle for life. This was science saying white people are better. Black people are kind of half-baked. They got to go back. They're not really fully people, which led to images of black people looking like monkeys in Woodrow Wilson's book, The History of the American People. This codified it. So anybody who tells you, well, follow the science. Yeah, should we now? Because this also led to the gas chambers and eugenics and Planned Parenthood. All from this stew, directly, the next branch off the tree is all of that. Love each other. Race doesn't matter. Love each other. Judge people on the content of their character. Just, that's your mantra. I'll sign that at work. Yeah. All men are created equal. Yeah. Uh, no matter what their color. Yeah. Yep. I will absolutely do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to judge people on the content of their character and what they do and what they say. Yeah. I'll sign that. Not all people are racist or all white people are racist. Definitely not. Um, look, there. I, I hope you get some hope from this program. I'm, I'm trying to highlight people who are standing because there's a lot. Next week, I'm going to be highlighting some moms that are standing. It's fantastic. Fantastic what is going on in our school districts. And you need to see it. 
Um, but I, I uh, did a podcast yesterday with Tara Reed, and it comes out tomorrow for the general public. It's already out on The Blaze. It came out last night, um, and it's up on The Blaze now. You can watch it right after this program if you would like. Uh, I mean, don't start it now. There is a surprise ending on today's podcast. Anyway, um, I, want, I want you to hear Tara Reed is the woman who accused Joe Biden of sexual assault. They didn't just try to discredit. They tried to destroy her. Here she is talking about what woke her up. What woke you? What got you? Somebody who I'm guessing hated me, you know, mm-hmm. in the day. No, you don't need to say it that fast. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but what got you to the point where you're like, I, I, have to, I have to give it a shot. I have to try listening and seeing if I'm missing something. How do we get there? On both sides. Well, I think I think listening to a variety of people, and, and right now we're pretty censored, so it's pretty difficult, right? It's going to get more so. And, and it is. Um, you're seeing people deplatformed, targeted, whatever, um, just like I was, you mm-hmm. know, targeted. Um, you know, and, and for your audience, what I mean by that is, like, um, it's hard for me to get a job. It's hard for me to function. I lost my housing. I lost everything coming forward, everything. So I've been trying to, you know, come from, back from that. But I will tell you that mm-hmm. I have such compassion for you because, you know, everybody always says, oh, they're only doing it because. Mm-hmm. And they don't usually see the toll it takes on people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've done my homework on you and mm-hmm. the toll has been devastating on you. Mm-hmm. Devastating. I don't know how you're surviving, quite honestly. They basically um, tried to put me in prison a year ago um, for felony perjury. I was an expert witness for domestic violence victims. And um, the group of Democrats in Monterey County did an email and some trolls, obviously, that were hired by DNC, did an email campaign and a phone campaign to have the prosecutor's office open up all my expert testimony. And so they tried to say I lied about my education, which I did not. And um, so eventually there was no investigation. Obviously, I wasn't convicted. But it, the word got back to me that Biden wanted to see me arrested right after the inauguration publicly. And that's what I heard, he whether it's true or that not. That is He's, exactly what um, mm-hmm. sources, whistleblowers have said that he said about Trump. Mm-hmm. I want him in jail. Right. That's terrifying. It's, it's terrifying when you have no resources. I mean, Trump has some resources, at least. Yeah. I do not. And um, it put me like I had to get lawyers and I had to get myself out of something that shouldn't have even started just because of what you talked about, which was your original question. What got me here? That process, the way I was vilified and watching um, watching them do the the Russiagate stuff, paying a million dollars for the for the steel dossier. They paid that that person a million dollars to try to basically. They said they'd give him a million dollars. They'd give him a million dollars. He could verify it uh, see you know that's that prid, that quick pro quo is not acceptable mm-hmm. it's not right but especially getting, coming from a federal agency that's yeah. that is really that's you're crossing a line into absolute authoritarianism abuse of power so we talked for a while she is i mean absolutely flat broke uh she's got nothing left in her life um employers will tell her well maybe i'll hire you after joe biden is in you know out of office 
Um, uh, and, and I want you to recognize how many people who don't vote like us. Um, she's a lifelong Democrat, generational Democrat, um, and a Democrat up until Joe Biden. And now she said, I'm not just against Joe Biden. I'm out of the Democratic Party, just like Tulsi Gabbard. I'm out because I see what they're actually doing. And they are authoritarians. That should wake people up. Stop making this about politics. This is really, truly about good and evil. Here's what she said about what's coming and why she feels it's so urgent to speak out. We're in a crossroads right now. We're facing nuclear annihilation. We are facing it right this minute. Do you, why do you say that? Why do you, because you said this a couple of times and mm-hmm. I look in your eyes and you feel like I know this is coming. Mm-hmm. Why? Who, who, what? Is it Putin? Is it Biden? No. Is it what? I, I think that the hawks that are in our administration right now, mm-hmm. we call them or whatever, but I think back, um, in 2020, I gave an interview and I said, I think that Joe Biden will try to take us to a war in Russia. And someone privately said, don't say stuff like that. It sounds like a conspiracy. Where are we? We're in a proxy war against Russia. I say that because he's always had this kind of vision. You have Andrew Blinken, you have other other people that are in, Anthony Blinken, excuse me, that are in there that really see Russia as the enemy. They see it as a way um, that it's it's kind of a superpower, but not as a soft power. They they can manipulate it a bit in their eyes. This is coming from their view. But also, there's people around Biden that really believe that you can have a limited nuclear war. And I think that's crazy, and I don't think that's possible. But there are people in power right now, and that's why we're so close. The rhetoric has gotten to a point. But Biden where, was part of the yeah. administration with Obama that was trying to reset our relationship with Russia. They were never. When I was a young person and the, the actually the Soviet Union had just fallen, there was such a, um, you know, uh, still wanting to make Russia mm-hmm. the enemy. But the, the word, the scuttle on the hill at that time was they were never going to have a seat at the table economically. And Russia was starting to become, because it has natural resources, mm-hmm. um, a power and you know they have a lot of innovation and in science like we do and that's not acceptable to the people that are in power right now and so you look at the hostility towards china and one thing you know that i feel bad about because i was very um anti-trump but trump was right and he didn't get us close to a nuclear war but he was right about a lot of things so uh, the most surprising thing to me because i swore because i was against him Mm-hmm. I, I swore I would have testified in any court of law that mm-hmm. I am absolutely right about Donald Trump, that he's dirty and mm-hmm. it's just going to take some investigation mm-hmm. and that he is a madman mm-hmm. that will just throw us into chaos. Wow. Don't I wish for the good old days of Donald Trump now? Yeah. He, there was a method to his madness. Mm-hmm. We are in actual madness now because you're with career politicians that have a lot to lose they have a lot to lose mm. uh you don't want to miss this uh tara reed uh an amazing story she also uh has her own podcast she's just starting uh hoping to help feed her and her family the politics of survival she's going to be talking to people who are standing up 
and are being destroyed by it. Just understand that political correctness said this since the 1990s. Political correctness comes from Marxist communist thinking that you have to say what will keep you correct according to the political power that is currently in office. That's what's happening. And the end of political correctness is political prisoners. They are destroying and putting into a digital ghetto, something that I got a lot of heat on when I said two years ago, three years ago, we, they are building a digital ghetto. You, you don't have to take people out of the town square. The town square is the internet. If no one can hear you, you're not really a part of society. You had Kanye West debanked this week. Debanked. We must go to the polls in droves, in droves. Get everyone you know to the polls to vote. Yahoo Finance just put out an article this week with the top three reasons to, to buy gold. Seems like a short list to me, but given how important they are, uh, let me go over them. Gold acts against a hedge against inflation. Yep. Gold's an easy way to save, uh, to raise capital in an emergency. It's a good portfolio diversifier. Okay, those are all three great reasons. Now they're up to speed where you and I have been for quite some time. I have been telling you for over a decade now, please put a percentage of your portfolio into gold. People have mocked and made fun of, but you are the little pig that built his house of bricks. Uh, and in this case, it's bricks of gold. Please do not buy ETF or paper gold. Please buy the physical gold. With every legal tender bar card that is purchased today, this is a, an easy way for you to have tangible gold that you can actually take and use as well. It's so important to ask them about it. If you buy a legal tender bar, a gold legal tender bar, you're going to receive a Ben Franklin copper round, the coin that I designed, plus a free silver mind your business bar, and a silver maple flex bar, which I also designed, all at no cost. The inventory is going to sell out. Get yours now. Don't wait. 866 Goldline. 866 Goldline or goldline.com. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glenbeck.com. You know, I started the program. If you missed a second of it, get the podcast. Started the program today, very optimistic about the elections, and I explained why in uh, hour number one of the podcast. Um, and I'm, I'm ending the same way, and I'm ending uh, very optimistic about our society because things are changing. I want to play uh, audio here from a Tampa Bay coach that happens to be black. This is during a press conference on Wednesday. Listen to this. You, you and Mike Tomlin are two of the few black head coaches in the league. I wonder what your relationship is like with them and your thoughts on Steve Wilkes joining that fold. I have a very good relationship with Tomlin. Uh, we don't look at what color we are when we coach against each other. We just know each other. I have a lot of 
very good white friends that coach in this league as well. And I don't think it's a big deal as far as us being coaching against each other. I think it's normal. Wilkes got an opportunity to do a good job. Hopefully he does it. And we coach ball. We don't look at color. But you also understand that representation matters too, right? And that when young aspiring coaches or even football players, they see you guys, you know, they see someone that looks like them, maybe grew up like them, that has to mean something. Well, when you say you see you guys and look like them and grow up like them, it means that we're eyeballs to begin with. And I think the minute you guys start stop making a big deal about it, everybody else will as well. Listen Amen. to that common sense. Notice the press was all over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 but, but you would agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 but, 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 but. Good. Things are changing in America. We are at the zenith of the pendulum uh, swing in a we generation, and it is starting to come back, and I think it's coming back fast. I think it's all been sped up because of the Internet, but things are coming back to normal. Now's the time. Stand up. There's no spectator sport. You cannot, you, you cannot be on the bleachers. You're on the field joining a team one way or another are you fighting for things that we all know are true doesn't matter race doesn't matter is there are there racist absolutely do they matter absolutely but does race matter in the in the way we should be thinking in life no it doesn't matter at all and we were getting better we need to get back onto that trail We're getting better, not sicker. And they are still pushing pedophilia and everything else. It will stop and we'll get better.